Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Good evening and welcome to another exciting episode of 48 Shades of Football, Korea's premier English language football podcast about the K-League. Uh, I'm joined as ever by erstwhile host Mark. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Paul. Uh, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, those gloves are worrying me. I think you're about to strangle me or something. Um, I'm, I'm doing a Giorgio Samaras. I'm wearing gloves uh, during the game. We are sitting inside, but he's just suddenly got out this pair of gloves and put them on and looking at me with a menacing, menacing glint in his eye. Uh, I think I'm probably still cold from the ACL game. Uh, which was on Tuesday night, but I'm, th- I'm, I'm actually still freezing from that game. It was one of the coldest I've ever been. Uh, is that what tonight's intro was about? So, yep, so tonight's intro was uh, obviously Let It Snow, um, which... Unless I change it to... Unless you change it to some by Whitesnake. Let, but, it, let it go. Let it go. Um, but yeah, um, basically, uh, yeah, it, it was obviously about the... So I think... Um, I, I kind of laughed at the weekend when I was watching the uh, the, the under twenty three final. final, and I laughed at how can you still play a game in such rid- ridiculous snowy conditions and absolutely blah 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 blah, and it kind of made the under twenty three tournament final a bit of a farce. And then fast forward a couple of days, and we go down to the big bird, and it's like covered in snow, and yeah, we, we have Suwon versus uh, Than Ho in in like a ridiculous snowstorm. But at least they had a pink ball, right? They had a pink ball, yes. They did indeed. And at least none of those teams wore white, which I think we'll get on to. I guess we may talk to that about that in a little bit, yeah? But uh, yeah. So, so where do you want to start then? Obviously, we've got the uh, under-23 third-place playoff and final to chat about. Yep. Two Korean national team friendlies. Yep. Uh, the Suwon's ACL playoff. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about the report card project that we've been working on. Uh, We'll talk some transfers, I guess, or some non-transfers, again, I believe. Uh, and then winners and losers. Yep. Sweet, sounds good. Well, this, I guess you want to start with the, with the, the third and fourth playoff, because I gave my predictions. Yep. I said I had seen Korea play and not Qatar, so Qatar would win. And I had seen Uzbekistan play and not Vietnam, so Uzbekistan would win. And you just kind of scoffed and said, very professional. How did those predictions come out? <laughs> even, a, even a stop clock is right twice a day. <laughs> so basically, yeah, Qatar beat Korea 1-0. Although that game would actually probably finish by the time we finish recording. Yeah, probably, yeah. But I didn't know that. I wasn't yeah. watching it on my phone. I, I, I promise and swear. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so Korea finished fourth in that tournament then, right? Yeah, uh, and got a little bit of uh, heat for it. Uh, did they get any... Candy threw them at, at the airport? Didn't go that far, but the, uh, the Korean message boards were a bit uh, heated, shall we say, with uh, lack of effort in the fourth place playoff. I think if they finished third, it, it, it was beneficial to them somehow. Okay. Finishing fourth didn't. I'm not quite sure. I'm not, was, I'm not really too sure what, what that tournament really is, because it seemed to be, if I'm, if I'm right in saying this, it seemed to be like a kind of Olympic qualifier. Uh, two years ago or something, right? Or even last year, I feel, or something. I don't even know where it was. Uh, so I'm not really sure how how they kind of play or, or or what what the purpose of that tournament is. But yeah, but so Korea did finish fourth, yep. better than Japan, yep. who had the the highest average age, I think, or something like that, right? 
and better than China, who had home field advantage. Yes. Um, so the final was Uzbekistan versus uh, Vietnam. Yep. Did you watch it? Uh, I did not. Ah, okay. So this will be a really short conversation then. <laughs> was it on TV? It was on JTPC, yes. Okay. Uh, amazingly, JTPC showed that, but have since pulled all K-League games. But anyway, I've been tweeting about that, but no reply. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I watched the extra time. Okay. Well, actually, I watched the second half because I w- so the game kicked off at um, I want to say it was four, yeah, four o'clock. So the first half kicked off at four p.m. Korean time, and the second half kicked off at obviously six p.m. <laughs> Korean time because there was a, a one-hour uh, half-time break. Snow delay. Snow delay. And now, what was really funny was. Um, <laughs> They, it was really funny, right? Because the way they were doing it was they were obviously completely unprepared to clear the snow, right? So they were starting at one end, clearing the snow, and as they were going along, as they were reaching the halfway line, the snow was just building up behind them. <laughs> so when they got to the goal, they just went back and started again. And nobody had the common sense to go and get a tractor. Um, so you had these, like, five guys out with, like, shovels trying to clear the snow. So it took a full hour. Um, thankfully, during that, that hour... Um, some bright spark at the Uzbekistani Football Association decided that playing in white shirts hadn't helped them in the first half. And so they came out in their away shirts, which I think are blue. Um, what, what was the score at half-time? One each. Okay. Uzbekistan took the lead after seven minutes. Um, he ghosted in at the far post. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, yeah. It was a like Casper scored, right? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, and then Vietnam equalised right on half time with uh, I'm not going to no offence man I'm, I'm not going to say the guy's name uh, but it's a guy who was a top goal scorer I think in the end the guy who scored the two goals or a couple of goals against Qatar I think um, so goes in half time as I said what when he's second half uh, you can see Uzbekistan really with a better team could be honest right? Vietnam were hanging on but they were literally hanging on. Um, they'd also played um, two periods of extra time together, right? So they played an extra hour of football. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then it got to extra time, first half, no goals, second half, all the way to penalties. I just got up to go and get ready for the penalties, or as I call it, go and get a beer. Yeah. Um, and as I was getting a beer from the fridge, my wife went, oh, it's a goal. And I said, who scored? She went, I don't know. And I was like, can you not tell them? Can you not tell who scored? <laughs> um, so I, I, came, I, I came back in and unfortunately it was Uzbekistan. Pretty much the, like, with a minute left. But it had been coming, to be honest. I think Vietnam were playing for the penalties. Um, so hearts broken, lots of tears in the, in the crowd. There was like a couple of thousand Vietnamese passionately cheering and maybe a couple of Uzbekistan guys who were, who were not so passionately cheering so there's been a bit of a uh, differing opinions on Twitter about Vietnam, Vietnam's run to the final uh, you, you one or two some are saying it's uh, good for the region some are saying it's a triumph for negative football what, what's your take um, they almost greased it right and that's my take 
So you're looking unfavourably. Yeah, I'm looking at it as a, as a triumph for negative football. Because let's be perfectly honest, Greece are never going to repeat anything other than winning it in their own ground by actually not winning a game, right? Uh, I think if Vietnam had won it on penalties, they would have actually won the, the tournament having won only one game. Or one 90 minutes. Um, it's also so the kind of thing that traditional Italy would do. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I mean, it's a way of it's a way of playing. But some of the stuff that I've seen has said that the coach who's Korean has kind of actually stifled their creativity, kind of stifled their their sort of their their attacking play. Um, I'm not sure if I would agree with that as much, but. Yeah, I think if you'd won the tournament by only winning one game, I don't think it kind of augurs well for you know uh, Vietnam's hope in, a, in an actual uh, you know but, full World Cup. But in this kind of situation, do you think you should be more pragmatic? Because we see this in the Premier League as well, right? Some team like Barnsley or Swindon gets promoted playing free-flowing Brazilian-type football, and then everyone's saying, well, do they do they do that in the Premier League? Get hammered five. One or five, two every week, or do they sort of try and stem the flow, defend heavily, and nick something on the counter and try and for survival? Well, West Brom got relegated, right? <laughs> so and Stoke looked like they well. I away. mean, was it Tony Tony Mowbray took took West Brom took West Brom up to the Premiership playing free form football and they got hammered every single game, right? Um, once they got there, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you, you've got to play football for the situation. And for the occasion, I guess. But I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Greece when they won the the Euros, and I, I think Uzbekistan were the better footballing team. So I would. I mean, the the old football romantic in me wanted Vietnam to win, hmm. but in the the football purist in me wants or wanted Uzbekistan to win. Therefore, uh, having a nice run to the final creates some buzz. Yeah. But also preserves the uh, sanctity of football, shall we say? Pretty much, yeah. You summed it up perfectly. Okay. Um, on the same day, Korea played Moldova. Yeah. Did you watch that? I didn't. Uh, I kind of did. I don't know why I didn't either. I think I was probably footballed out. <laughs> or it's I don't. It's a 10 p.m. kickoff. Yeah. Uh, and I struggled to stay awake, to be honest. It was not not a very good match. Uh, Korea did win 1-0 with a, a latish goal. Who scored? Uh, the Wookiee. The Wookiee, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't uh, I, I didn't see any of it. I couldn't comment on it. But I know there's been... Wookiee Watch has been kind of getting tweeted quite a bit. Um, uh, the, the Korean commentators, well, I guess it was Lee Young-pyo, his kind of take on the match was that Moldova, despite being ranked what, 160-something in the world, are a vastly underrated team. Yeah. And they, they, what he said is they're quite solid defensively in midfield. They just don't, they don't have a, a, a decent striker to bang goals in, which is why they do so poorly. Yeah, I mean, Korea don't seem to really do that well against those kind of uh, teams, right? I mean, they, they, I, I'm assuming they've chosen Moldova, Jamaica, <coughs> you know, as kind of like in preparation, obviously, like, uh, for their World Cup group. Which is Germany, Sweden and Mexico, yeah. right? Uh, so, but you, you, you kind of look at it and think, I don't, I don't know. They, I mean, they, they I don't think, I think these three friendlies are kind of slightly a nod to who's in their group, but also who's available at this time of yeah. year. Yeah. So 
I, I guess if they were looking for a, a Mexico substitute, they'd probably have chosen Costa Rica or someone like that over Jamaica. Yeah. Jamaica were available. Uh, and also Moldova, I don't think, are a particularly good substitute for either Germany or Sweden. But yeah, I would agree with that. I guess yeah. they're available. Okay. Um, but yeah. So not a good game then? No, and then Tuesday night, or Tuesday evening, while yep. you were down at Suwon, I was watching the Jamaica game on the TV. Okay. Uh, that finished 2 all. Jamaica took the lead after, within the first five minutes. Um, the Wookiee scored two, sort of midway through the well, 55 minutes and maybe 60-something minutes. And then late on, Jamaica got the equaliser. Um, the the defence, two centre-backs, they just kind of... They, were, no, they weren't marking any man, they yeah. weren't in the position just opened up and the guy had so much space to pick his spot and shoot. Uh, again, it was a very poor match. I don't think anyone did their 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 hopes of getting to Russia any good at all. Oh, maybe the rookie. But even him, he scored two goals which were basically um, carbon copies of each other's like a high cross wafted in and he out jumped the defence and yeah. got it in. But before that he he'd been snapping at shots so he had good good chances to get a shot on target and he put them over either wide or high and yeah, he's not going to he's not going to get that header off when he's playing against Germany, is he? Right. Or or against Sweden, or, to be or honest. Or against Mexico. Or against Mexico, yeah, probably right. But uh, I mean, definitely not against Germany or Sweden, right? Um, I mean, the thing is that uh, we a couple of years ago we went to see Korea versus Jamaica, and Jamaica was so poor that Wang Joe scored. Um, was it a big change in Jamaica? Like, were Jamaica so much better, or were Korea, or are Korea under Shin just woeful, like we all think? Uh, well, I guess this is a kind of a Korean B side to begin yeah. with, uh, who are all in pre-season. So I don't know what the, the situation with Jamaica is, but I guess you can make excuses for Korean's poor performance. Okay. Um, but yeah, there was no one there that sort of stood out and said this guy needs to be on the plane to Russia. Okay, and at the end of the day, as you said, it's a B team, right? So you're you're going to see, do you know what I mean? Like Key, Son, like all the European base players, basically. Anyway, so yeah, it's probably just a chance to get guys. I run out and see if anyone can stick a, a place, but probably looking unlikely. Although the rookie won't be on the plane. I mean, I guess half of them are going to make it, but yeah, they're uh, yeah. But but whether they start very many games, no one really staked a claim. So. Okay. So, as you said, that was on Tuesday. Um, you were watching that. I was down in a freezing cold uh, Big Bird roofless stadium. Enjoying a frosty beer. Uh, it, it got so cold that my beer froze. And that's not a joke. You saw the photograph, right? It was... So, basically, in the morning, it was a, a balmy minus one. Yeah. Um, never saw any... Any... Uh, Inclination that it was going to start snowing. There was no, yeah, there's no forecast of snow that day, as far yeah. as I know. So it started snowing in Seoul about four o'clock. At which point, the Phantom was already on the subway on his way down, and I was packing up my stuff to take it, the, the bus. Um, so I, I kind of reckoned it was going to be a flurry, but it, it started getting really heavy like, around four thirty. Um, but yeah, got down to the stadium. You know, I'm I'm very much a, a firm believer that. When it snows, it's not cold. Because if it was cold, it wouldn't be able to snow. Yeah. If you know what I mean, right? Uh, yeah, that's not true anymore. Um, so it was bitterly, bitterly frozen. Um, 
So we got there, um, sat in the, the, the currently being renovated Big Bird Cafe, so there was only half the tables. Uh, had a couple of beers, went in, massive bag search. Uh, so thank you all those Blue Wings fans who threw bottles at the Soul Player. I should have borrowed my uh, bandolier. Yeah, yeah, but that's good. I'm going to go and buy one if I can find one. Um, we did manage to get in the soju though, because it was in smaller bottles, so we just put them in our pockets. Happy, happy to see everyone I was. Uh, so got in, like half the seats were cordoned off. So like in the main stand, not the main stand, they're in the stand kind of like to the right of where the soul fans would go. So to the right of the away end. The top tier was closed and most of the bottom tier was cordoned off because there was snow like, and ice all over the seats. So we just sat in the back row and basically didn't really watch the game that much, to be perfectly honest. Spent most of the time drinking. So I had, had, had a few beers. Uh, some soju um, game itself first half was pretty poor um, but the conditions were terrible so you, you had to kind of excuse everyone for that um, but it did go in 2-1 did go in 2-0 two, two at half time the first goal was uh, world class so M, M sang up making his debut slid and I mean like slid on the snow to to win the ball, jumped up and whipped in this cross with, with outside of his foot that landed literally right at Wagonino's toe. And he didn't even have to break, break step or anything and he's been volleyed right in the back of the net. That was 1-0. Second goal was a brilliant ball put through by uh, Boxy himself, by, by Dehan. Yeah. And then sang up, I think it was, scored the second. Yeah. Made it 2-0. Um, we're in a half time interestingly it's uh, like two in a minute right yeah 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 it was like 45 and 40, it was like 44 and 45 yeah. so going to, uh, going to half time 2-0 they, they start clearing the snow uh, and then realise that why do, the why are we bothering clear, clearing the whole pitch they just clear the end that we want to play football at mm-hmm. so the guy was then someone to move his tractor and his snowblower up to the other end so they kind of left some snow and ice in the box of you know like in the sewer box but in the Vietnamese box, it was all nice and clean and cleared, uh, which probably made a big difference. Second half, uh, second goal, third goal was our game was Wagonio, then fourth goal was Kije, yeah, and then the fifth goal was the big man himself, big big day hand popping up, making it five now. How was it a simple goal or was it? Uh, he it was and. <laughs> I'm not going to say it was a, it was a thunderbolt or it was a rocket. It was more like in a sclaffed shot. Like the keeper was woeful. And I'm talking about the worst goalkeeper ever. Like so, so Dehan's shot went right through his body. It was straight at him. He he kind of was it the love child of Yuhan and Kim Young Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of celebrated, but at the same time realised it was pretty embarrassing. So he just put his hands up. Um, I was going to ask you that, like, how did he celebrate? Did he kiss the badge? He didn't, but he he did. Uh, he did before the game started when he was taking the kickoff in the centre circle. He did applaud his new beloved fans as they were chanting Dehan, Dehan, Dehan. He got a massive cheer chant when he scored the goal. It was like really loud. He just kept singing Dehan, 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 Dehan. Um, he didn't kiss anything. He just put his hands up. But um, I think that was more about. I want to say I don't say more the more the character of the man, but I think he realised it was a fortuitous goal. Um, but his ball through for the second was brilliant. His 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 link up play was really good. Um, his hold up play was good. 
His first touch was good. So overall worth worth a million dollars a year. Um, when if if him and Wagonino can click before Adriano and Thiago, then yes, is what I'm going to say. It was interesting to watch the two of them uh, on more than one occasion in the first half. They were kind of almost falling over each other because they're both number tens, right? Yeah. So they're both that kind of. I mean, Dehan's so used to being the main man everywhere, and Wagonino was the main man in Buchon. Yeah. So you could see that they were both going, not for the same ball, but going for the same space. Yeah. So it's going to take a bit of time for them to realise who the top dog is and who should be at the back and who should be at the front of that, of that little area, right? But to be honest, I've never really been that big a fan of M. Sanghyub, but what he... I mean, OK, it was only Vietnamese... You know, a team that makes a second for whatever, but he he tore them apart. Right? And I mean, really tore them apart. It's interesting you're saying that it's, it's important to see whether Dejan and Wagonino click more quickly than Adriano and Thiago rather than Evandro and the player that Sol haven't signed yet. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Sheridan. I mean, looking at it, uh, it okay, it was snowy conditions, um, it was a poor team that they were playing against. Shocking goalkeeping, but yeah, they look like a team that are going to score goals this season. Um, I think it could be a, a long season for a whole fan. But that being said, it's still saw as the manager, and they still saw time. Right, they're still capable of throwing away victories in the last minute. Um, very interesting, Papa. Do as he said, Papa. Someday. The Vietnamese striker pulled one back in the last minute, which was probably one of the best goals of the game. Actually, okay. it was a great, it was a great kind of low, low, low strike. Should have been saved, but it was a good save. It was a good goal. So finished five-one. Uh, I mean, Suwon are now obviously through. Everyone now has their groups finalised. But before we get to that, yes, I was going to say that last week there were quite a few surprises, but this year everything went according to form. This week, right? yeah, yeah, not day. I mean, it, it doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't help when you basically um, it doesn't help when you purposely shit all over your, your your opposition in terms of visas right I mean that they can't actually arrive in time to practice or anything right so I mean let's be perfectly honest some underhand stuff from the uh, Chinese there to make sure that Ceres Negro had absolutely zero opportunity or sorry as little opportunity to progress as possible right but we're not going to go into that we just have. <laughs> <laughs> so all the groups are now finalised. Yeah. Should we go through them? No. Okay, just go really quickly, right? Okay. So John Book now know that they have Kichi, Tianjin, and Kashiwa Reso, with their first game being played uh, at home to uh, Kashiwa on February thirteenth. So they should win that group. They'll win that group. Can't see them. They'll get out of the group. Let's put it that way. Okay. They are not going to not qualify. Okay. That was a treble negative, right? Uh, Ulsan <coughs> found out their group. So, Kawasaki, Melbourne and Shanghai SIPG. They won't qualify from that group. Ulsan's first game uh, is a way to... No, Ulsan's first game is... Um, I forget this one out, actually. Um, is at home. First game at home is to Kawasaki on the 20th of February. Okay. But they're not going to get that group. Kawasaki and Shanghai, I reckon, will be one and will be one and two. Well, probably Shanghai one, Kawasaki two. Um, 
Jeju have got Guangzhou, Evergrande, uh, Cerezo, Osaka, and Buriram United. Uh, they could get out of that group. They could. They could. But they won't. Um, their first game is at home on the 14th of February to Cerezo. And I guess it, could. it depends if they get a good start. Yeah. But the case, basically, the games against Osaka are going to be important. Right? Yeah. Because Evergrande have just spent 50 million on some ex Man United player, right? Or something? Uh... They just no. They just signed someone from Tianjin. I saw. Or was that a different Guangzhou? No, oh, maybe it was them. Yeah, but like something like fifty million or forty million or something like that. Again, yeah. They have not been linked with uh, an eight million pound bid for uh, Rangers FC's uh, Alfredo Morelos. Just so you know, that's all just crap from the Scottish press to make Rangers look good. Um, and then finally, Samsung two one Samsung Blue Wings got their group. Sydney FC, Shanghai Shenhua and Kashima Antlers. Uh, again, it's another kind of difficult one to predict. Yeah, it's going to take a huge effort, I think. The first game is away to Sydney, and then the first home game is at home to Kashima on February 21st. So I guess, hopefully it'll be warmer and I'll be there again. But because it's Kashima, I'll probably be there with Kat Masaki. <laughs> Potentially in an end that's not got a cover... And no Suwon fans in it. Uh, okay, so that's the ACL wrapped up. <laughs> well, that, well, imagine if Suwon in that, right? We'd still be talking in, in 50 minutes' time, right? But they're not, so we will not. Um, but yeah, I mean, just quickly before we do wrap it up, as we said, Jumbo should be through. Ulsan probably won't. Jeju will need to beat Sarazo to get through. Could be a tough one. Suwon Blue Wings will need to be at their best to get anything out of that group. So we could be looking at John Book being the only Korean team after the group. My money's going to be on John Book and maybe Jeju. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that obviously we talked there that so are not are not in the ACL this year yeah. after having a poor a poor end, middle and beginning of 2017. Um, what we did do was was you decided we decided to do report cards. Yep. Do you want to take us through? what we've done so the people who are listening can then go on the blog and read so I looked at Sol's performance against each of the other 11 teams so some of the teams obviously played four times some mm-hmm. of them they played three times and I looked at the, the number of points they got off each team and based on that uh, I, I gave them a grade for their performance against that team Okay. gave them a grade for their performance in last year's ACL last year's FA Cup an overall grade and then a few stats about um, how they compare to other teams in terms of uh, time for scoring the first goal, number of clean sheets, okay. etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, uh, this, so the first report card is up yep. for, for FCSO. We also have, so the plan is to do report cards for every team in the K-League. So you're saying it's what has happened now. <laughs> the so plan, the plan. It's all about the plan, boss. If you, if you are listening and do fancy putting together a report card for your team, we will, of course, send you the template with the stats pre-prepared. Yep. So all you need to do is fill in the comments. And, and the grades. Yep. And, uh, yeah, if you happen to, to be a fan of Daegu, Sangju, Asan, or Anyang, then definitely please <laughs> let us know if you want to do it, because uh, we don't know anyone. But <laughs> <laughs> it means that we have to go back and look at it, right? But looking at my grades, did you disagree with anything? Uh, probably not, actually, no. Um, I think that was a poor season and there were certain areas that they did really badly in. I, I agreed with your summation of Daegu 
uh, I think um, they were woeful against Diego, right? Two points out of a possible nine. Yeah, which probably cost them quite a lot when you consider that. Because doing this, like doing these report cards of this, you see, you get to compare how every team performed against every other team. Right. So it kind of lets you see exactly where points were lost and so won. I have no idea what ac- actually happened, but say Suwon got nine points off Tegu, whereas Seoul got two. Yeah. That's, that's the ACL Some, gone yeah. just there. Although presumably, given that there was only a three-point difference overall, like Seoul, Seoul got more points off Suwon. So. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, it shows you that it's not just the super match or the games against John Book and and Ulsan that kind of dictate a season, right? It's also like turning up against Gangwon, but so didn't really do either, right? Yeah, they got. I think they got two wins, two losses. Yeah. So which is which is not great. Um, okay. So yeah. So if anyone would like to contribute to those report cards, then please uh, just send us an email to w not. <laughs> no, not to WWW. It sends an email to uh, 48 shades of football at gmail.com. Or uh, you can direct message us on Twitter. On Twitter. Way. Yep, at, at KeyLeague underscore podcast. Um, or you can just comment on our blog as well. <laughs> or send a, send a pigeon. Well, send a pigeon. Because I may get there by the time Yi Chung Yong gets another game of football under his belt. So. I guess, I guess there's a reason you're mentioning that. I, I saw on Twitter over the weekend that he was going to head back to Bolton. So the, the rumour in the news was that Yi Chung Yong was heading to Bolton okay. uh, on a six-month loan. Yep. That fell through in the wee hours of the morning, or the wee hours of the night, so to speak. Uh, but based on like who, who made it fall through, was it Palace didn't want to release him, Bolton didn't want to sign him, or he didn't want to go... Uh, I don't actually know how or why it fell through, to be honest. Yeah. I just know that it's been announced by Palace that it's unlikely that he'll be joining them. Um, I assume the, the deadline is at midnight on 31st, is it? It was, yeah, so it should be... Six, seven minutes left. Seven minutes left. Could happen. Um, it could still happen, but from what I can gather, it's definitely not. Um, uh, also, so, Key was rumoured to be going from Swansea to West Ham. Yeah, he seems to. Key has decided to stay at Swansea because um, they've just beaten Liverpool and Arsenal. Yeah, in a there's, week. there's a whole article on Twitter where Key explains why he stayed, and he says that they're they're progressing so much under Cavalio, Cavalio, ex yeah. Wednesday manager. Yeah, so one of I saw one. He's one of only five, maybe six managers to win his first two games against Wenger. Is that right? Yeah. Ah, I didn't know. I didn't know that. After Wednesday, beat them in the League Cup a couple of years ago. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so I guess the reason for, for bringing this up is because there are obviously clubs out there in Korea who would jump at the chance of I, bringing I, Lee Chung Yong, bringing I, the Chungi yeah, back, right? I can only assume that uh, FC Seoul have come in and gazumped Bolton and offered a huge sum of money for him to come back to, to Seoul. And I assume that's going to be announced within the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, who knows? But doubtful. Um, Given there's a rumour that Osmar's on his way out. Oh, really? Is there? Have you not seen that? I haven't seen that. There's always rumours that Osmar's on his way out. So uh, it, it was announced um, maybe a month or so ago that he'd signed a new contract with Seoul. Yeah. But there's also people are saying that, uh, so some of the Korean fans are saying that that was never announced officially by the club. It was just announced by third parties. So oh. no one's sure if it's really true. Uh, and obviously he's in Spain tr- at the training camp, but he's not pl- he's not played in any of these 
friendlies that they keep losing. <laughs> okay. So they're saying that he's on in the market, should we say. So Osmar goes, Kareem Sheridan comes in at defence. Also, well there's this there's this uh Kovas days. This Australian guy that's just apparently signed from Central Coast to an unnamed K League side. Yeah, this is a weird one, right? Yeah. Because even though he's now officially, he's officially been confirmed, right, from Central Coast Manors, have confirmed that he's signed with an unknown, an unnamed Korean team. Does that mean that they don't know who it is? <laughs> Maybe it's a, a team like Seoul, which has to, oh no, because he'd be a, the Asian coach anyway, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really understand why he's been confirmed from CCM, but they still haven't named the, the club. The, the rumour is that it was supposed to be Inter United. Okay. They um, do have a, a record of taking Australians, right? Yeah, but then they already have one, right? But yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean you can't have two. But yeah, so I'm a little bit unsure of what's happening there. But he, it would seem that he has signed a deal and he, he is coming to Korea. But just nobody knows what, what team that actually is yet. Uh, just while we're sort of hovering around FC Seoul, uh, season tickets went on sale on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Lots of fans I've seen are saying they're not planning to get one this year because they don't like the way the club's going, selling their best players, not replacing them, don't like the manager, don't like the the, uh, the board. Okay. What's your take on that? Um, back the team, sack the board? I, th- I think if I was... Back in the UK, being charged like a grand for a season ticket, I, I would quite understand that. But yeah. being in Korea, where the season ticket's like yeah. 150,000, it's like uh, anywhere I'm going to go to more than 10 games over the course of the season. So economic yeah, pragmatism wins out. For yeah, me. and this is my thing. You know, it's like I'm the song I'm once about on sale. I haven't got mine yet. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't bought it yet. But I'm going to buy one like in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of days probably. And it's like. Part of me thinks, because, you know, like, one game last year, I went with the Phantom back into Skysock. Yeah. And the view in Skysock is, is amazing. And there's no bag search, and you can drink comfortably, and there's not, like, some female security guard who either just try to hit on me or is trying to, like, get me deported. I can't quite work out which one it is. Um, and it's like, um, that doesn't happen in, in, in Skysock. So the Phantom has said, you know, why don't you get a season ticket for, for Skysock? And I was like, well, it's only 90,000 that you get one for the Tempest Stand, right? At 9,000 a ticket, I'm going to go to 10 games in the Tempest Stand anyway. So I may as well get one for, for the Tempest Stand, do the 10 games, and then just go to Sky Sock for the other games, right? Yeah. So I get, the, I, don't, I get your argument here. I don't see the point in saying I'm not going to buy a season ticket. You may as well just get one, because they're, they're, they're pennies over here, right? And I don't really think it hits the club. You know, I don't think actually, like back home, if you boycott these season tickets, it would really hit the club because they need all that money up up, up, up front. front. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because that's how they they run their clubs. It's basically based on on like the upfront season tickets. But I think in in Korea, like, there's the money, the amount of a season ticket is so minimal, and the crowds are so minimal anyway. That I don't really think clubs look at it and say, "Oh, we're going to run our business based on on uh, season ticket money." I think it's like, well. They make it off of the beer, they make it off of the food, they make it off of things that are around the stadium on match day. I don't think 
um, season ticket sales are quite as important here as they are back home. But because of the, of the monies that we're talking about. I think the other thing is the, the clubs sort of foreseeing this to some degree. And uh, one of their marketing like special packages for this year is people who brought, bought a season ticket three years in a row or five years in a row get a little something extra. Yeah, well, we have the same thing as Song now, Mike. So I've got three in a row now. So I'll get some extra, like, probably either <laughs> to come and clean my apartment once a week. Did, did you see uh, Tegu's season ticket package? I didn't know. They've, because uh, it's going to be the last year at this the Tegu World Cup Stadium, right? So they've introduced this kind of stadium love package or something. Where, right. Where they give you, like, a cardboard cutout model of the stadium and various other accoutrements. Uh, and it's a limited sale of 500. And I was wondering, do they really have 500 season tickets? I would have thought so. I mean, maybe they will with this kind of special package, but I, but they, they must know. Well, obviously, they know how many season ticket holders yeah, they had last yeah. year, so they must be expecting to be able to sell 500. Yeah, I think uh, Sonoma might be the same sort of thing. They, we, so last year we had the the Oxford Lego yep. players, and obviously there was like one of each of them plus the manager, right? And I think they ended up being maybe about 20. But I think none of them are still there. Yeah, but I think this year. But what they've done is they've made Lego uh, season ticket holders. So, um, they've got about five or six of them to sell this week. <laughs> okay. Right, it's almost time to finish. Um, have you got a winner and loser for this week? I have indeed. Yeah. A winner for this week is obviously going to be uh, attacking football. Okay. As that is what Sue won played. Uh, on Tuesday night, and it's what Uzbekistan played in the Under-23 World Cup final. So, in both those games, in terrible conditions, the team that played the attacking free-flowing, or tried to play the attacking football, won. And I think both teams, particularly in the Under-23 final, they could have just said, let us go for penalties, because it's horrendous conditions, but Uzbekistan tried to play for the full game, and I think that's a testament to them. So, yeah, so the winner was attacking football, because attacking teams won. Uh, I think, for me, the winner has to be Suwon. They've signed a couple of players in the close season. All three of them, all three of their main ones scored in that game. Uh, especially for the strikers, it's always important to get that first confidence-building yeah. goal. They've all got that now. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I, I fear Suwon are going to kick on and do something good this season. Yeah, I think the funny second... I think second, maybe win the cup. Maybe I don't think they win the league. I think I think the league is one hundred percent John Books. Okay, uh, loser of the week. Uh, in my left toe. <laughs> Did you leave in two one? <laughs> it's still there, yeah. Um, losers are actually all, all, all joking apart. Losers also involve two one. Uh, it's the fan day, the match day experience that the fan experience has lost. Quite a bit. If they're going to have these bag searches, and if they're going to decant your your, your beers, um, a huge part of going to the big board was like you know getting your beers in and having a huge part of Kaylee in general, you know, has been able to get in with beers and, and whatever. And I think if Sue one do kick on, and you start getting like huge queues for beers and they're decanting really slowly like, every beer, it's going to kind of take away a little bit of that match day experience. So hopefully they'll see sense and, and the bag services will get a little bit less strict as the season progresses. Uh, for my lose of the week, I'm also going to pick Suwon. Uh, what was the crowd on Tuesday? 
Just under 5,000? I know the opposition wasn't attractive and the weather was atrocious, but for the self-proclaimed sort of best fans in Korea, I think it was still hugely disappointed to see that. Uh, I would disagree with you completely. And the fact that the, the, uh, the Suwon end was actually full. It was the other parts of the stadium that, that, that were empty. Actually, so I get I get your point, but the fact that the the ultras. So what you're saying is they've got a core support of about four thousand. Yep. And all the fairweather fans are. Yep. yep basically, yep. exactly that. Yeah. So the fairweather fans never came because of the weather, uh, but the ultras did pack their their, their end. Um, not all ultras were there, obviously. Unfortunately, some of them were at home with a little thermometer in their mouth, drinking a hot lamb soup, and a little and a little scarf on, Scotty. Eh? Thermometer doesn't necessarily need to go in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair play. The poor guy was sick. I was going to try and, to, I was going to try and catch up with him and have a beer yeah. before the game, but he, he was sick. So, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully catch up with him uh, in one of the other ACL games. Okay. Um, obviously, this weekend there is a game to watch: Korea versus Latvia. Yep. It's late Saturday night, I think. Yep. So, tune in if, if you're. If we've whetted your appetite with our review of these previous two games, then tune in and watch that. And if we haven't whetted your appetite, we'll, we'll understand. Yeah. Um, no other football this week, I think. Uh, not, not in Korea, no. Yeah. And then we'll get the gap until Valentine's Day. But yeah, 13 14 is, is the first ACL group games. Yeah. So, okay, it's so time for an outro. Time for an outro. Will we go with Valentine's Day? Uh, no, I was going to go with uh, Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Uh, for which one of the Suwon players? Dayan, obviously. He, he got the biggest reception, though. Yeah, he did, actually, yeah. So he's he's become a hero to a whole new set of fans. Okay. So take it away, Enrique. Take it away. I can be your hero, baby. I can kiss away the I will stand by you forever You can take whatever you put away